Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On another exciting entry of the Animation Television Podcast, we got news, we got feedback, we got plenty of anime to talk about. We're going to get to that and much more right after these ads we have no control over. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For food lovers, there's no place on earth like Mississippi, where sweet, spicy, and smoky flavors satisfy your spirits, wherever you wander. Plan today at visitmississippi.org slash dining. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah! Yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, where you take action, animation, and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. All of your dashing hosts are present today. I am Zuhair Ali. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. The gang is back in town. Boy, how I missed having all three of us together. Y'all ready to talk some animated stuff? No time like the present. Oh, yeah. So starting things off with the cream of the crop, in our news, we finally have a Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. It is airing January 4th. Apparently, that is going to be Jay Scotty's birthday. Happy birthday to you, sir. What do you think of this trailer? Yeah, I, my main takeaway, and I, I sent this in our little text that we had, is like somehow... I don't know if it's just my eyes playing tricks on me or not, but somehow the visuals are even more like stunning than they were the first time. I think it is kind of what you mentioned uh, in that text that the it's the beach scene, like the fidelity and the gradient in the water, just the, the way the light's hitting everything. The detail on the little crab creatures, like what a way to open the trailer. Uh, story-wise, it seems like it's going to be kind of what's expected. The Bad Batch continuing to navigate what the evolution of the empire looks like and how they're going to factor into what is basically the beginning of the rebellion. So Crosshair seems like he's still doing his curmudgeonly thing, but uh, I, I'm excited. Good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? How, are you? how are you feeling about it? Oh, for me... I mean, I mean, you said it like as a photographer, I absolutely love good lighting and it looks incredible in all of this. One of the harps that we had at the I think when we first saw the season one trailer was, all right, we have this kid in Omega. What is she going to contribute? Is it going to make everything silly? And we like the, the progression that that character had. But seeing this like leap of growth is really exciting. You know, she's capable of fighting now. She's part of the team. They have their dynamics together. They still got the silliness. You know, we see that we that we saw between Wrecker and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fun dynamic is still there, but like they mean business. They're ready to get stuff done. And one of my favorite things about 
Battlefront 2 on the PlayStation 2 was part of the you play as the 501st and part of the story is when you make that transition from Republic to Empire mm-hmm. and part of it is exterminating the rest of the Republic clones that are like right. following orders. So the fact that we get to see more of that storyline and the the growth of just this deeper story, we got Rex involved. It's all big picture stuff and I'm here for it. Nice. Oh yeah, and I mean like you said, it's tacking on to what we already loved. We're getting more of Omega and it's just these characters are so fun. But I think the biggest part for me that I'm already looking at is they're exploring this period right after the fall of the Republic and the start of the Empire. And mm-hmm. until you give me the political drama that I've been begging for, where we're debating bills on the Senate floor, I think this is as close we're going to get to like what that actually looks like for the senators, for the common folk. We actually got to see another shot of Palpatine, you know, leading the Senate. There's just so many layers to that onion that I love unpeeling. And it just seems like the Bad Batch is going to be there for the fun part of that, as well as, you know, building onto what was already too beautiful of a story, arguably the first time. So it's it's more of the same amazingness for sure. We'd love to hear everyone's excitement about this trailer. We're going to be talking about it in a mere few weeks. Uh, But until then, Jay Scotty, what do you have on the docket for us on other new trailers? Yes, one that is very exciting and timely for me is just today, we have an anime that is an adaptation of a video game called Nier Automata, and the anime is going to be called Nier Automata version 1.1a. And it was like a 23-second trailer a lot of stills, just some visuals, uh, gave you an idea of what the lead actor is going to sound like. Uh, but the reason I say it's so timely is because this is a game that came out originally for the PlayStation back, uh, PlayStation 4 back in 2017. Um, and the following was just so fervent for it that they ended up doing a port for Xbox. And then just back in October, they did the port for the Nintendo Switch. So I got it on a Black Friday sale and I've been playing it like, crazy and it is just i'm enraptured in the world it really feels like an anime come to life it's just very quirky got a very engaging story uh very very characters that are easy to fall in love with so uh i'm i'm super excited for this anime uh i don't know what platform it's being released to but uh it, i'm assuming Crunchyroll in january 2023 so that's a show that i want to cover on this show even if it's just me spouting off about it in the Anna minutes or whatever we're doing um, in January. But yeah, I just had to show, show some love to this one and uh, voice my excitement. Oh, the stills do look really pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have captured my intrigue, sir. I, I think, I think we'll all be on board for it. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very, very good story and it's got Android. So it's like, scratching that sci-fi itch as well as just being a very character driven story. So yeah, it's, it's good times. Well, now you just have me looking out for steam sales and switch sales for whenever <laughs> I can uh, get this game, get my claws on it in the meantime here. Yeah. Let me know when you do. I'm still lacking on Gotham Knights and uh, Pokemon Scarlet Violet. So I might have to take a break on that, but yeah, <laughs> if, if I hear multiple reviews about how good it is, I'll add that to the list of things that I need to make time to play. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with us going to the theaters a bit the last couple of weeks for some from big Marvel titles that have been coming out, 
We've been seeing this uh, Mario trailer on the big screen. Mm-hmm. How are you guys feeling about that? Well, I said it off air, but I'll say it again. Like when we got the casting announcement of Chris <laughs> Pratt, I was just like, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing, Nintendo? What are we doing, Illumination? But that first teaser trailer where you see Bowser like arrive and the, the king of the ice kingdom, the penguin, who's just that is just for the taste <laughs> of our power. Do you yield? Jack Black as Bowser. Yeah. The more and more I see of this movie, the more excited I am. The fact that they're going to be including Donkey Kong. They're going to give Peach something to do other than being the princess that's been captured. It just looks like it's going to be a really good time. And I'm I'm definitely going to catch it in theaters. So that's where I'm at. Oh, yeah. I'm totally like, no matter what happens, I'm seeing this movie in theaters. I'm excited for it. I love Mario. It's just so many interesting choices were made throughout the course of this movie. So there's a lot to be said. And, you know, the accent, I think, is the biggest point of contention. But it seems like everyone outside of Mario is doing a really good job. And Illumination seems to be like bringing some real animation guns out with this one. So it looks like it's going to be at at the very least a very pretty movie. So, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely on board of everything I see. It looks better and gets better. So I I have some hopes. And knowing that Nintendo was also a part of this, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't just Illumination did it like Nintendo went to Illumination and said, hey, let's do this gives me a little bit of hope for what we can get out of it. All these rumors about there being a, a Smash Brothers universe just constantly cracks me up. Because we've had, <laughs> what was it, this Sonic and uh, Detective Pikachu? Oh, okay. Am I missing one? I didn't even think of that being an option, but now... Oh, you guys haven't heard that? No, gimme Star Fox, mm-hmm. gimme Samus, like, let's just start mm. running the full game, a Zelda movie. I think a Kirby movie. Yeah, Kirby is possibly top of the list for animated characters that deserve some screen time but i guess kirby doesn't speak so there yeah. is that to contend with as i'm staring well, at the kirby poster on my wall like well, eh, what do you do bud to be <laughs> fair link doesn't really speak either other than some grunts and responding to npcs <laughs> but uh that does make me think wasn't there supposed to be a netflix uh series based on legend of zelda have we heard anything about that i'm going off on a tangent here but just the the mention of that made me spark that sparked that in my mind I don't know. I feel like there was some rumor about it being approved and then canceled and then approved again, oh, as okay. is the nature of everything with Netflix. So, yeah, that'll be one to look into for sure. Netflix just has not been a very appealing platform lately. I mean, I've heard good things about Wednesday, but that's been yeah. the extent of anything since Sandman that I feel like anyone has talked about, which I still haven't finished. That. I just kept getting bored of it. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Just a a surface level goog here. Looks like that Zelda series may have been just a rumor. I I can't really see anything valid about it. So I may have fallen victim to the rumor mill on that one. But um, I would love to see that as an anime. Uh, Metroid, I think, would work really well as an anime or maybe something done in like the style of cyberpunk edge runners. It's not a Kirby movie where the whole movie goes by and there's no dialogue. (laughs) <laughs> no just everyone else talks like king ddd with this like deep voice and no, just like all the wobbledies <laughs> <laughs> whole movie no dialogue like actually just have like the dialogue boxes like the video game it'd be great hey, <laughs> no different for creating subtitles i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold new it. strategy 
And the last bit of exciting news that we have before we get to our feedback is Demon Slayer says that they might have news. Every couple weeks they get a post. It looks pretty. We get excited. Don't know what we're looking for. Just give us a damn trailer. (laughs) We're done with this. Screw whoever runs that social media department. (laughs) Hopefully we'll have some, at least something to talk about next week because I believe it's on the 10th. They're doing like a TV thing. No one said Mm -hmm. what it's going to be. No one knows if it's going to be shown outside of Japan, but it's just like there's going to be something possibly for holidays. Who knows? It doesn't even like it might just be them on screen being like, hey, happy holidays. Like no one knows what it's going to be, but we're just hoping that it comes with an announcement of something, maybe another announcement for the trailer. But at the very least, just give us a date. Give us something to chew on. So the news is that there's no news. All right. So before we move, actually, I'm going to put it this way. We have in addition to our animated today, because we have feedback that's just excited about all the stuff that we're talking about. And I feel like Andrew or yeah, Andrew can read this in a minute slot. So on behalf of Chrissy, let's add somebody to our animated. No pressure on me to not fumble over these words in a minute time but all right so i will start it off at the top from chrissy here we go oh my goodness i am a puddle of emotion after the last few episodes of my hero i don't know how this comes to an end and my question for y'all is if you guys think we will lose a student i mean we've lost a lot of heroes giving up space for the students to rise up as the next gen of heroes but do you think we'll lose a student somehow But on a lighter note, I have been watching Spy Family and Chainsaw Man, and I'm obsessed with both. I'm watching the dub, so I'm a few episodes behind. I gotta say, Anya is my spirit animal in every sense, and Chainsaw is the weird and unusual show that I didn't know I needed in my life, and I'm here for it. (laughs) Also, quick note, Dragon Age comes out on Friday, December 9th. Even without knowledge of Dragon Age, you get your nerdy ass... You get your nerdy asses, I will... I, you bet your nerdy asses, I will be watching it with Matt Mercer in the cast so I get my Mercer fill before Vox Machina Season 2. That's my feedback. Stay whelmed and go plus ultra this week at 54 seconds. <laughs> uh, great job, Chrissy. Thank you for joining this week's anime. <laughs> yeah. God, that was a great rundown about just everything and how she's feeling towards it. Like, we're with you. This is an emotional roller coaster, and that's why... Uh, we need this emotional support group just to know that everybody else is panicking every week as you are. Uh, yeah, that was, that was high stress, but I could feel her energy just billowing <laughs> out of me in that moment because yeah, there's just so much going on. Like I can't believe it has been two months of us covering several anime on our own time. That's content overload. If I've ever heard it. I still haven't started blue lock yet. Well, I haven't. I got to Got to get through that at some point, but we're all Black Clover, like five episodes left. I'm almost there. I swear mm. it's been like three months that I've been saying that. I had to look up who Matt Mercer was. She's definitely brought him up before. He's definitely like one of her favorites. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he did a voice on Attack on Titan, the dub. I oh. He might be Levi. I That sounds right. I think so. He's done a lot right. of, I was about to say, he's done a lot of dubs for anime he's just a very talented voice actor and obviously mm-hmm. got his start uh with critical role so nice, right, so nice. yeah and i appreciate Kage the mention of uh, what's that 
Who's Kagaya in Demon Slayer? Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head, but oh, I was just like the leader, the blind dude. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, a lot of lot of names to remember, and it seems like a lot of them start with K too. Uh, yeah, because at first I thought we were talking about uh, Kibutsu, like. No, not Michael Jackson. Not Michael Jackson. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to think of his oh, actual okay. name. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks for the mention of Dragon Age. That'll be something to keep our eyes out for. Yeah, I don't we'll know what that is. We'll get all, you bet our nerdy asses will get ready for that. Does all of that drop at once? Uh, and I will say uh, it is get in the notes i think it autocorrected from bet that's why it took me so long to get through that <laughs> but yeah, no, we got all, there it's all good because i when you were like fumbling over it i was like is it get your nerdy asses ready or oh you bet your nerdy asses but it's still the energy was there both I, work. <laughs> I felt very much like it was like samuel l jackson and Jurassic park hold on to your butts like this is coming <laughs> there we go yeah. Well, we were talking about if Netflix had any value, so I guess we're going to keep our things active so we can watch this. Mm. <laughs> See, I'll probably binge it tomorrow. Because mm. I actually have time to do that this weekend! Woo-woo. Thank God, I'm so tired. Ah, the holidays are over. Alright, so let's add on to our own minutes. Who wants to kick off Spy Family? It's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to do it in real time, so why not? Do it. Okay. Yeah, this was a, another enjoyable episode. It felt like one of the most that actually leaned into the spy part of Spy Family. It kind of felt like uh, right out of James Bond a little bit with the spies actually being on a mission. Um, it was kind of funny that it was just a, a tennis match uh, complete with, you know, the over-the-top components and, and movements and motions. And uh, Nightfall just continues to be a hilarious character. I love how stern... And um, austere she can be, but then she immediately like, melts the moment she starts thinking about her affection for uh, Twilight. Uh, only complaint is that it did take away the time that we got to spit with Yor. I'm really itching for Yor to get like some something palpable to do. So, and it was kind of weird to me that it ended on a cliffhanger, feeling like so much of a bottle episode. But uh, look forward to seeing how it wraps up. Nice. That's it. All right, I'll take over. I don't really have too much to add to that, but it will, you know, speaking of your, it never gets exhausting whenever your starts to have like a little mental like derails and she starts thinking about how to murder people and I'm just listening to every bit of it. That little bit never gets old. It's hilarious. I was wondering what a underground tennis match was. And once I saw that they had like, I was like, equipment tennis rackets okay that's actually really cool and then when they got drugged up i was like this is hilarious yeah everything about that was just so intelligent and just super fun to watch it was it was an enjoyable episode but i do agree that it did kind of take a dip from a little bit and that's probably just because we didn't get enough on you mm. i yield my time <laughs> i'll take it all <laughs> yeah i think I, I, I agree. I want more Yor. I want more Anya. But I had so much fun with this episode. I don't know what it was about it. It was just all over the place. The I love you's over and over from Nightfall and Twilight just trying his best to just keep everything together. 
but like i am so on board give me a whole underground tennis anime like i would Mm. watch this weird (laughs) world of souped up tennis rackets and drugged up players like they could make so much out of that like just give me a 10 episode run i would be so happy because it was just so off the walls and funny and I don't know if they were going for the pun of it was literally an underground tournament, but either way, the joke was just amazing to see it unfolding underground with all of these bets going on. So Mm. yeah, I'm ready for the next thing, but as for like what their usual short stint episodes were, this has got to be up there for me. Mm. (laughs) You talk about the tennis one. I was like, after having a whole volleyball anime and now a soccer one, as soon as I saw the tennis court and my sister who plays tennis, was sitting with me too, so I was like, this might actually catch her attention. She might actually mm. watch an episode of anime with me. But no, <laughs> she was busy with the puppy the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but it was fascinating to watch. And the second they served, I was like, oh, this is going to look gorgeous. Yeah. I, I appreciated the fact that you mentioned that the underground tennis match was underground because I did not pick up on that. That's a, oh. <laughs> it's a great catch. But the thing that I did think was hilarious is that their last name was Phony. Yeah, like it's yeah. Like the whole time they're like <laughs> the phony pair, the phony, <laughs> the phonies. Yeah. You get the phonies and the foragers. It, he just yeah. doesn't have any creativity to him. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right, I will. I'll kick off Chainsaw Man real quick because I Sounds do good. have to talk about the fact that my girl Makima is back. I knew she wasn't going to be dead. She's too awesome of a character to do that. I am really sad that Himeno was supposedly dead as mm-hmm. awesome of a sacrifice that it was for her, for her to, for her devil to just be eaten up like that by the snake. But that final draw by pulling the chain and getting that awesome action sequence started was really cool. This really was a high tension episode. And like I said, last week, I finally feel like we have something that we're working towards now. Mm-hmm. There is a greater villain at hand. There is like something to do every episode. And now there actually is tension between these characters. So now I can't watch Bleach Thousand Year War and have this for comedic relief. It's just tension all throughout my Tuesdays now. Mm. 16 seconds to spare again. We're getting too good at this. It's time for <laughs> Anna. 30 seconds just doesn't roll off the tongue. Now, so. uh, Anna, yeah. 30? <laughs> yeah. 30 Mation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, if you want to go next, I can. Uh... Yeah, I'll hit this middle slot. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, everything Zuhair said, it, it's too high stakes, too high tension. But I don't know how, like, Makima coming back was great, but learning about her power was absolutely terrifying. And knowing that's not the only power that we were given is just craziness for not only what the season has left, but what the show has left. And everything I see from manga readers is like, it's just going to keep going. So. It's bizarre, it's crazy, and uh, almost too high stress. And then to have Kobini just be this character that comes out of nowhere to essentially save the day, I don't know what to make of these characters anymore. I don't know where it's going, but it just has so much energy that I can't explain to people why it draws them in. I say watch the first episode, and if you're hooked, you know, but if not, you don't, because it's just so outrageous and beautiful beautiful cannot be stressed enough when it comes to how these fight scenes went yeah yeah map was taken over yeah i don't know if there's too much more i can add to that i'm glad you remembered kobini's name because i was not going to be able to pull that but it was nice to actually see what her capability is i think it was a couple of episodes back when himeno said like she's she's an awesome fighter but she's unsure of herself and she's very timid so 
to see her dodging bullets, uh, cutting off arms, moving around like a monkey, like they said, was pretty badass. And then, yeah, I think the other like big part of the episode was Makima's power. Like she basically can turn people into Play-Doh and the way she does it is by having other people say their names. So it's not like OP power in the sense that she can do it to anybody. She has to know their name at the very least, but that makes it like super terrifying in, in that sense that there's this element of like subterfuge to it. But uh, the leaders of the, of that, of that gang, the one that had this uh, snake snake demon or snake devil, obviously like instantly recognized that it was mocking his power. So she has a reputation that precedes her. So it's just nice to see the, story uh continue to unfold god just that, that little smirk of hers is just it's just so attractive but so terrifying <laughs> at the same time with such uh, little regard she's like oh you're retiring okay oh you're not gonna help right, well fuck you we'll figure it out i'm sorry i'm not at liberty to d- disclose details with, with uh civilians. private citizens <laughs> love that <laughs> You know, the cool thing about, I guess, uh, English spell check, not knowing Japanese names, is that when I need to find someone's name real quick and we have the synopsis up in the notion, I can just go through the red squiggles and be like, that's the person. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Literally, that's what I was scanning for her name. I was like, what's her uh, name? What's her okay. name? <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even look at that, but yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I typically put these up so we can like read it beforehand in case we need a quick reminder, but it's very helpful in finding people's names too. It's like squiggles, that's the one. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um Andrew, you said you didn't have one for um was it Black Clover? No. Mob Psycho? Mob Psycho. You said you didn't have one for today, right? No, no, nothing. I got to figure out when that season ends and then maybe I'll come back and give a little season wrap up. But yeah, for right now, nothing on Mob Psycho. If it is good, please let me know, listeners, but we'll yeah, get there. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, when my I have uh, free time. My Bleach one will be super quick uh, because with all the absolute chaos that we just finished up with like i anticipated this is going to be more of a recovery arc and a training arc and learning new powers arc this seems to be what's happening with our heroes right now learning more about squad zero and why they are important and seeing the palace and understanding like who made what and why and how you know just a big picture of everything has been really cool um and not only that but seeing that we have a new head captain and this new training that a couple of our other captors are going to be going to as well. It's, it's a, it's a cool break because I'm really, really happy that they started off big and now they're slowing down to build up to something big again, as opposed to like how anime typically has like the long sequence of setting everything up and then getting into it. So the pacing of the show is great and I'm, I'm enjoying the slump for lack of a better word that it's in right now. Now that one, I had two seconds left. I thought that was going to be my quickest one. <laughs> All right. So that is it for our minutes. As usual, we would love if you guys share the stuff that you guys are enjoying watching. So send us an email at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. At the end of the episode, we'll have all of our handles for Instagram and Twitter. So we love talking to you guys. Send in the feedback. And if there's anything that you guys want to hear more about or a end of season review, then we will happily do an episode just for you. But now 
My Hero Academia. Season 6, Episode 10, The Ones Within Us. Mm -hmm. Alright, so to get things kicked off, let's start with the synopsis. Upon seeing Bakugo getting stabbed, Deku snaps and an enraged haze attacks Shigaraki, who uses the opportunity to catch him off guard and touch his face. As the villain begins to steal One for All, Deku suddenly appears in the vestige world of One for All, where he's faced against Shigaraki and All for One, who has begun to merge into the former's body despite his resistance. Due to being unable to move in the world, Deku is supported by Nana Shimura. All for One introduces Shigaraki to his grandmother, and that a part of a person's consciousness still resides within the quirk factors, uh, something known as transference, explaining how one for all's predecessors still reside within the quirk. Shigaraki begins to try and erode all of one for all, as well as all for one himself, but they are (laughs) repelled by all for one's younger brother. All for one attempts to discredit Deku for his failures, but his brother defends him for all his qualities he has in a hero. The two reemerge in the real world as all for one tells Shigaraki to flee so his body can adapt to the quirk. Meanwhile, the evacuation team splits up to aid the team fighting Shigaraki and continue the evacuation in Gigantomachia's wake. Nijire and Ida go with the former and Ochaka and Frappi with the latter. The league on Gigantomachia's back observe the incoming heroes, and when she spots Ochako and Sui, Toga leaves to confront them, wanting to ask them a question as she's still distraught over Twice's death. Disguised as an old woman, Toga lures Ochako into an abandoned building, where at knife point she asks what she plans to do with her. Ochako responds that she will do whatever she can to help the people in trouble. As she pushes Toga off, Ochako plans to apprehend her. I want to start off with that part real quick, just because it was, like, right towards the end. Did mm-hmm. anybody else have, like, horror movie vibes of, like, recognizing the old lady be like, don't! Don't go down the alley! Don't do it! <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, that's a good that's a good call out, but uh, <laughs> the thing I was going to say about that is maybe it's inappropriate to say, but when, <laughs> when Toga was like, now you've got me, what are you going to do to me? And she's, like, kind of saying how much she loves her and how cute she is. I was like... This is kind of weirdly sexual. I mean, you know, that's the vibe she's going for. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, that's a very common anime thing of like yeah. people who get excited by conflict with another character for lack of better terms. And mm-hmm. that that's very much what it feels. But I will say as much as I agree, you got the horror movie vibes, you got the like, okay, where does this go? This is the first episode that I haven't been left feeling helpless. Yeah. Like this, mm. this cliffhanger was there, but I wasn't like, oh gosh, everyone's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like there was at least a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I was talking about with Bleach, like I felt like that's kind of in a little bit of a slump right now. And this was a good catch your breath episode. Mm. We see Todoroki catch Bakugo. We see that there's a chance of Shigaraki escaping so that we can all kind of like calm down and retreat and heal and stuff like that. And when we see Ochako interact with Toga, all I can think about is next episode is going to have some phenomenal dialogue Mm. because the discussion between what they're going to talk about between like, what makes you a hero? Why are heroes better than us? What makes villains villains? You know, every time they have this kind of dialogue on the show, it's just really well done. And I feel like this episode is not going to be any short of that. But yeah, um, 
that did wrap it up quite a bit. There wasn't too much. Like, they kept that part small because I feel like it's going to take over most of the, the next episode. But we did get a lot of dialogue of all for one. Now you're making mm. me second guess how I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just going back and forth for one for all, all for one. All, one yeah, for whoever all, wrote all, this all did not help you. <laughs> and I did copy edit it, so that's one of the things. I think I went in a little more confident than I should have. But, uh, um, you start we, doing tongue twisters before these. <laughs> yeah, before we go full on into like this encounter in the vestige world, I did want to speak to what, what you just spoke on. And I, I agree with everything you said about how this episode really felt like an opportunity to breathe, but it did make me think of something that we kind of glossed over with Chrissy's feedback. She brought up this notion of like, we've seen heroes die. Like what's the likelihood that we might lose a student. And as much as yet, Bakugo Bakugo got caught by Todoroki and seems to be okay for the time being. I, I don't know how to feel about that. It was like at the end of the last episode, it was like had so much weight and it seemed like it was just kind of like brushed under the rug. Now, like, I don't know if Baka goes out of the woods yet. It might be like we get this moment to breathe. And in this moment to breathe, we actually get to see like the full impact of like everything that went down. So yeah, I think it's very much on the table that uh, we could lose one student or more. And I think Bakugo still has a, a journey to go on before we're ready to say goodbye to him. But uh you know, anything could happen. You see... A part of... Sorry, real quick. A part of me wants to wonder if... Oh, man, I'm forgetting her name. One of the big three that had, like, the... the Nijure Hado? Hado, is that her name? The wave power? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Hado would be the most likely, maybe, because her and Ida are coming into the fight. Maybe it's one of the other two flyers that are going to get... I mean, we've lost a couple of heroes already. Mm-hmm. so it would be kind of easy to just be like yeah let's just get these other two flying people to go but then now I'm wondering if like Haro's objective is to get there and get Bakugo out of there mm-hmm. and maybe get a couple because she seems best fit for that but Ida's definitely like you know he's on edge right now he's already defying orders which he never does yeah so with Deku snapping and being resilient and Todoroki at full strength right now. I think when Ida comes in, it's going to be those three for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. But I'm going to shut up and let Andrew talk now. <laughs> yeah, well, mine is mine is a bit of metagaming, I suppose, what I want to say here. If a student dies, I think there's only a handful of students that it could be because you can't just take, you know, great boy and get rid of him and expect it to have any sort of emotional impact. So it's gotta be, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be one of the characters that like really, really gets the blood boiling. And I think that means Bakugo is not safe because Mm -hmm. of that fact. Like if it's going to be anyone that's really going to like give us that emotional impact, it's going to be a Bakugo. It's going to be an Ida, maybe Ochako or, uh, Sue. Yeah, because I think Sue is going to almost definitely come and save her or at least come and help in whatever ensuing hand-to-hand combat that we're about to get out of those two. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, 
I don't think it's out of the question for us to lose a student, but also I think every single fan is hoping and praying that is not the case because it will have to be a big name student because it very well could be this fight ends. And the only reason Bakugo was caught by Todoroki at this point is so that Deku can say goodbye. Like there very well could just be that's the end of that. Because like you said, Todoroki's still at, you know, full health. He's got max HP going into this. Deku is the main character. He's invincible. It could be Ida, though. He could also repay the favor to Todoroki and Deku for saving him from Stain. There could also be Mm. that parallel coming back in, because that's the reason he said, you know, I need to go see these students. They don't remind us of those things without reason. And at the very least, he's going in full bore, ready to put his own life on the line. As they all are, he is exceptionally ready, I think. Yeah. Two things come up for me based on what you just said. With the mention of Sui, we had that moment where Ochako rescued her at the last moment. But the way they shot that where you just saw like the piece of concrete slam in, like it looks like she was gone for a second. And, um, you know, Ochako even says, like, sorry, I had to be so rough, but that was harrowing. And then with Ida, I, I agree with everything that's being being said here, but I just have to kind of mention when he's when he explains why he's defying orders to go um, for his three classmates, and he says, like, two of them are really good friends of mine that put me on the right path here. I know that wasn't intended as comic relief or as a joke, but I, I just did think it was funny that he was just like, yeah, Bakugo's my class, classmate. He has not earned the title of friend quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone really call Bakugo friend? Is that, or is it just uh, that guy? Kirishima? Kirishima? Yeah, I would say. Okay, yeah. Why are you idiots still following me around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see Kirishima and, um, why is that always when I remember one of the names? I forget the other one. Kaminari. Kaminari, just big grins, just running behind him at all times. <laughs> <laughs> the cake crew. Yeah. I might even throw All Might, like even though All Might's more of like a mentor, it seems like they actually have a bona fide, genuine relationship and respect for each other. I love that dialogue between them so much. And it still just amazes me that Bakugo narrated that whole episode where Deku typically would. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, it's putting him in the driver's seat, which is that scary, like, okay, are we doing this because this is the only chance we're going to (sighs) get? I don't know. No one feels safe, though. That like Mm -hmm. literally Deku is the only one at this point that I am like confident enough to say, okay, he's probably making it out of this. Mm -hmm. Kill everyone or kill no one. (laughs) My heart can't handle it. (laughs) That would be funny if Gigantamaki just comes and stomps everybody. It's just the end. (laughs) Ha ha. So funny. There's, yeah. th- there's got to be a How It Should Have Ended episode about that. <laughs> Man, if yeah. they did anime, the possibilities. Uh, I mean, Attack on Titan is another one of those, like, how that could have ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. We still don't know. Um, still waiting. <laughs> Attack on Titan, final season, part 13. Uh, uh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Before we delay any longer, let's let's talk about like the the namesake of this episode, the ones within us. So we had this showdown in the vestige world with All for One, and at first Nanashimura, but then joined by All for One's younger brother, and like 
correct me if I'm wrong, this is like the first time we've got to spend any sort of substantial amount of time with this this character. And I'm gonna just going to call him uh, one for all because I don't, I don't know if he has a, a name otherwise. But uh, I like what I'm what I'm seeing so far, um, the way he stands up to his brother and while his brother's like openly mocking him and, and describing all of Deku's faults, he says, no, we're not going with you. We're not leaving him. Not today. And just that defiance. And like, you can sense the utter surprise that comes for, from all for one with that. Like that was when the, I felt myself like my hope starting to swell. And it feels like that carried us through the rest of the episode and got to us to this point where it was like, okay, now we can breathe for a second. Oh yeah, because there was the pitfall the minute that Shigaraki touched Deku. It mm-hmm. ju- you just fell into the abyss of like, oh no, it's over. What happens yeah. now? There was and that so, hopelessness we were worried about. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But no, that definitely welled back up. And as much as I'm not necessarily a fan of recap flashbacks, like things we've seen before, I kind of could use a refresher on the whole okay where did the power come from what happened between all for one and one for all like give me that little nugget again because i remember bits and pieces of the flashbacks that we got but i almost want to beg the question was it an unreliable narrator situation Mm. of all for one being like yeah my brother was this weakling that couldn't do anything and tried to get a quirk and all those other things and that's where this surprise comes from of oh no he was strong the whole time but you just didn't realize it Mm. But either way, I still feel like so much has happened in the show. I need a little refresher on that. And I know that's kind of our job as podcasters, listeners. And I'm sorry if we're not (laughs) giving you that insight. But like so many things have happened beyond just the interaction of those two. Because you're right. This is arguably the most substantial time we've gotten with either of these characters outside of flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the sass that this kid gave us when we said that we were rewatching this series in preparation for the season. <laughs> I don't think there was any sass involved. Everything that comes out of your mouth is sass, dude. That's true. <laughs> I want to see one of those like little title cards that they did in the, in the previous seasons where like Andrew Rogers, his quirk is sass. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It would just be all the like yeah, likes, every, dis- everything dislikes, of- Naruto, just in the bottom <laughs> corner there. Naruto animation. If you say you don't like Naruto, those are fighting words. Those are absolute <laughs> fighting words. Uh, yeah, everything about what you said was just so satisfying of like, hmm, who's a loser for rewatching it now? <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing for him was that like, all for one was he felt powerful. He felt godly. He wanted his little sibling who didn't have anything to have something so that's where the strength came from but then that's when it was unveiled that he had a stockpiling quirk so how oh i i thought he gave the stockpiling quirk and then it was revealed that his hidden quirk within him is that he could pass on his quirk and you see this is exactly why i'm like i can't remember i remember there was a switch but i don't know who did which first yeah, I, I think I think, the, I think the stockpiling and transference is what was like unveiled. Okay, um, I mean, it's really neither here nor there. It's yeah. yeah. 
he's it's able easy to pass to on a quirk. He's, he's, he's able to pass on a quirk that just gets stronger and stronger. Yeah. And, stronger, so. and the, the comparisons were really interesting. Like, All for One was having a blast while he was in the state. Like, sure, he's been in prison. He hasn't had conversations with people for a while. Mm-hmm. But how we as the audience are aware that Deku can communicate with... Is it the vestiges? Yes. The yes. vestiges like from the past and stuff. All for one was availing like the people that he's taking quirks from. Like he gets their nightmares and their personality and like little bits of them. And as soon as he gets rid of that quirk, like it's gone. Like that was super interesting. Like we always commend this show for the excellent writing and like how every power has like a pro and a con to it. And the fact that they actually took the time to break that down was very, very fascinating. Yeah, I found myself kind of enraptured with the dialogue when he was talking about having those dreams and how they made him feel dejected. And it was like, oh, there's this brief moment where I feel guilt like a normal person. So just like fully owning that he's a sociopath. And then like, okay. And then once I get rid of the quirk, I never think about them again, which is funny because I'm the kind of guy to hold a grudge. So yeah, he was having fun in that moment. And yeah, it was just like the turn from saying, it was a mistake to grant this kind of power to someone so weak. And then that's, that's where everything started to kind of turn when all, when one, one for all said, no, it wasn't a mistake. It was intentional because he knows how to do for others where you've only known how to do for yourself. You can't even comprehend this. Oh yeah. The doing for others was such a powerful moment of like, they got to back up their boy. They know that all might made the correct decision by bringing this next one in, but it does beg the question. Like, do we think a little bit of those sociopathic tendencies in all for one and this, you know, world domination idea came from the fact that he has all of these voices in his head. He has all of these thoughts and dreams and nightmares of other people. How many of those people were being mistreated? How many of those people had something that they saw wrong with the world? And finally, his answer was, you know, I've seen all of the misdoings. I just need to burn it down as opposed to it being just what happened to him. He now has the experiences of how many other lifetimes I'm sure that has to suddenly weigh and just completely break the mind of a person to the point of doing these horrendous things that he is doing as well as again, this Shigaraki just going buck wild. There's gotta be a little bit of that. That's been, you know, eating away at him for the past four months or less than four months uh, inside that test tube. So there's just so many things that were brought up by that little bit of dialogue that is just food for thought. Yeah, definitely food for thought. I'm I'm not ready to like feel much compassion for all for one quite yet. No, nah. but oh, uh, no, I do. I'm think, not suggesting that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I but I do think it's an interesting way to take it, and I wouldn't be surprised if the show decided to explore that a little bit and give us some insight into the inner workings of of all for one's mind. But it does make me think of of Timura and the fact that he's actually seeing his grandma, and she's kind of like not intentionally in any way but her actions her decision to be a hero instead of being a mother the ripple effect that that had and how shigaraki is just like oh don't worry i definitely hate you too and the rage that you just see there and then all for one is like or excuse me one for all oh shit all for one (laughs) is is like kind of like basking in that moment he's like oh wait you hate me too. But he's like, but that's okay because that's what you need to be to be the symbol of fear and terror in this world. 
So, yeah, because they had all that dialogue of Shigaraki's like, I want to do this my way. And then like Mm -hmm. one all for one is trying to take over and they had to readdress the fact that it's like, oh, no, you do have beef with me right now. I do want to say that was my like my very small disappointment with this episode was that I was expecting more between Nana Shimura and Shigaraki. Mm. Some like this happened to me because you did this or some kind of dialogue of between him and his grandma because they had the flashback of his sister finding the picture. It's like, who's Mm -hmm. this woman? It it fits the character that he just went straight to anger. But with how much buildup that's had of the unveiling that they're related Mm. just made me kind of wish there was something there, especially with how much Gran Torino was like, you're disgracing her name and this Mm -hmm. and that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I think I can ag- can agree with you on that. There might might have should have been a little bit more um, in that interaction. I just beg the question of like, what else does the interaction actually have to be? Because Shigaraki's not going to listen either way. And at this point, I guess we need a little bit more explanation of do the vestiges see the world through the next person's eyes like mm-hmm. does shimura even really know who like shigaraki is and like how deeply their relation goes and why it happened to even be able to explain because it's his grandmother and i think the general inclination that we got of like oh see this picture of her they never met so it's not even like she could be like oh i know you're my grandson this is like this is what happened this is why you never met me blah 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 whatever so mm-hmm. there is also those underlying questions of like how much they can actually know beyond just the vestige world of okay we got to hang out here while deku takes on everything i feel like they do just because of like Bonjo's interaction with Black Whip and talking about like, hey, dude, like you need to calm down because this and this is happening because you're not. So it's like he's directly instructing Deku based off of what's happening in the current events. So there is some level of understanding like what he's going through. It it could be that he just feels the interaction with the power, but I feel like there has to be some level of awareness of and I would say on the flip side of that, you know, granted, um, all for one is still alive, but he speaks to the fact that most of what he's witnessed as far as Deku's actions and abilities has been from, you know, his place within uh, Shigaraki. Oh, yeah, I could totally believe it. I was posing it as more of a question of like, can they explain the rules so we can know yeah, what they know? Sure. Like, that's sure. just a bit more of a yeah. what's going on. But I will say I did very much like the way that they were defending the power. And it makes me beg the question of, is this actually kind of the secret behind it? Because in season one, when Deku goes to get, you know, one for all, all might mentions like, okay, yes, you have to take in a part of my body. You have to swallow this piece of hair, whatever. Um, he says, if I didn't want you to get it, you wouldn't like, I have mm. to kind of give permission to this. Is that just what it is? Like if someone else somehow got a piece of all Might's hair and ate it, would they have then just met, uh, you know, Nana Shimura and then just been kicked out immediately? Like, would that have been kind of mm. what happened 
as opposed to like, because All Might doesn't really have the power to give permission, is it all of the vestiges being like, oh no, you weren't chosen, get out of here. That's kind of what I'm wondering if they've always been defenders of this power, like if this isn't the first time that they've had to do something like that. I do I not like know. It, but, uh. I feel like it is that, but without the interaction. I think it's just AOU ate someone's hair. Yeah, because Bakugo probably would have plucked a hair from Izuku's head a long time ago if that were and the case. And there was but... there was an episode early on where Deku was bleeding, and I think it was like Toga got like a hold of the mm-hmm. blood or something, and he went to All Might. He was like, "Oh my god, this happened! I'm so sorry." And that's where the dialogue came. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, remember what I told you? We you have to grant the transfer. Mm. Don't worry about it, but don't let it happen again. Well, because that does also seal up some other pro- plot holes of like without getting too graphic, there are other ways to transfer bodily things between people. Um, Tell us more. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, wouldn't be an anime podcast without a little bit of fan service. eh? I'm just even saying like, you know, Denji's ears just perked up. (laughs) Oh, Denji, Denji, Denji. But yeah, even just something like as simple as a kiss would arguably transfer the power. So having that explanation in there, has always been something of like, okay, this seals it off. But in my head, I like knowing why it's sealed off, that like there are guardians beyond just, yeah. you know, what has happened in that moment. And as much as I am curious about the rest of the vestiges, I like that the two that showed up had direct interactions and direct relationships with the people that they were trying to kick out. Hmm. I will say the two of them only showing up and your comments about this not going in depth as you wanted makes me think this is not going to be the only in vestige fight that we get. Mm. Like we're going to have to have very invested in this conversation. Oh, come on. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's two. Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much more to say, but I do want to give a shout out to Mr. Skeptic. Uh, I thought, he was a great source of comic relief in this episode where we haven't had that much comic relief. The, his kind of annoyance with the, the league of villains and like, uh, I think it was compress that like asked, was like asking him like hovering over his shoulder, telling him to like look stuff up. And he's like, that's how you ask. That's how you ask. Like, have some manners here. <laughs> <laughs> we might be villains, but we still have rules. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, that reminded me of the preview for next episode. I I think we're nearing me screaming, I called it, I called it, I called it. We, I can't, we called it. Well, we I, haven't shared with each other, so... Uh, I said three. I was going to open the episode with it, so it is going to come out of my mouth first. All yeah. three of us are going to shout it, but I will say, you, you know, reminding uh, of that... We still don't know what the League's plan is and why they specifically grabbed what's his name with the computer that I can't remember the name of. Skeptic. Uh, Skeptic. Like, we don't know why they brought Skeptic with them. Is it just surveillance? I feel like that's not the only reason. Yeah, you gotta have a recon guy. But I'm still so intrigued. Like, I, there's so many things going on besides the obvious things that, you know, we have guessed are going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on with the league and Gigantomachia and like is do we think it's a shoe in that Gigantomachia makes it all the way there or I don't think anything's guaranteed at this point but 
True. He's, he seems pretty unstoppable. I'll keep my mouth shut since it's a lot of from what I saw in the preview. Literally, I slam my controller as hard at like just mashing the B button as soon as the word preview comes on the screen. I'm like, no, 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 no more. <laughs> I watched so, the preview when I watched the episode on Saturday, but I did not watch it on my rewatch. So I remember I dialogue, but not much the more preview because I'm in shock during the episode that the credits just roll through and goes in and the little timer comes up on Hulu and it says spy family is starting next. So I just kind of let it roll through. You're just like, mm. ooh, something else. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ah, for, yes. Bring me for, joy. <laughs> for me, it's been Cow- Cowboy Bebop episode 10 for the longest time for whatever reason. It wants me to go back to watching Cowboy Bebop after oh. I finish watching any anime. <laughs> Do you watch much else on Hulu? Uh, I watch a fair amount on Hulu. Hulu is like uh, my preferred one. It's my preferred streaming um, platform. I mean, obviously, Disney Plus got a lot of play with Andor and the various Marvel series and whatnot. And HBO Max, I... I do from time to time, but yeah, I, Hulu is, is definitely my go-to. Crunchyroll gang. <laughs> <laughs> so mad at Crunchyroll. Yeah. I, I think I might have to get Crunchyroll when um, the near Automata anime comes out in January because uh, I don't know where it's coming out. It hasn't been announced yet, but Crunchyroll seems like the most likely candidate. So, Well, make sure to check that because there were like, three or four that were big names in October that people were talking about that were on one of the like random new sites that is up and coming. I can't remember okay. what it was called, but no there's, more a, sites. there's a couple that are trying to compete with Crunchyroll, and I'm like, no, God. but yeah, so just keep an eye on that for sure and make sure to keep us and the listeners updated. Can do. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I can watch at home this weekend. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. Oh, the little joys in life. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll take this time to say, yeah, thanks for everybody that's listened to us. I will encourage you share the show, like the show, uh, give us a review, help us grow, help us get more eyes and more ears. Uh, we would definitely appreciate that. And if you do have feedback for us, animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com is the best place to send that and that'll do it for me this week what do you guys got uh the usual occasional drop in on three two three with reed murphy for those who are doing the uh the fantasy hero league the registration is finally open we'll be doing draft in a couple of weeks and we'll be kicking off the 2023 so check that out on the facebook group if you want to play and don't have anyone to play in just plop in there that you're a free agent will happily pair you with four other people who are willing to play and smack talk and you know have a good time just watching marvel content throughout the year awesome and as per usual outside of the show you can keep track of us on all of your favorite social media platforms not really we're just kind of gonna go with what we have until twitter falls apart but if you did want to follow us there you can follow <laughs> us on twitter at animation delib one as well as facebook and instagram at animation deliberation on both of those networks uh biggest ones we use are facebook and instagram those are the best places to get it and that is all for now when we eventually do start a tiktok it's just going to be 
variations of the theme song. I'll do, a, I'll do a rendition. Zuhair can do a rendition. Andrew, you do a rendition. Then we'll have our listeners send their own. I really thought you were going to say it's just going to be all present Mike screaming for some reason. Like, I don't know why that's where I went. But I was like, now we just got to make this and just post the reel of 50 seconds of him screaming. That's the only thing on there. Nice. Yeah. And that, of course. Of course. Oh, I have ideas. All right. all right well thanks again for listening in and keep tuning in that's t-o-o-n-i-n b plus ultra and as always stay whelmed until we figure out what this fight's gonna be muscle muscle thank you for listening to the animation deliberation podcast a proud member of the stranded panda network if you would like to contact us you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at animation delib one for this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Nerds, do you copy? We need your help. It's your turn to save Hawkins. Unlock your power as you journey through the halls of Hawkins Lab into the Upside Down. Team up with Eleven, Dustin, Mike, Lucas, Max, and Will to save your city before it's too late. Once you make it out, grab a bite at Scoops Ahoy or Surfer Boy Pizza, play in the Palace Arcade, and snag exclusive merch. Stranger Things, the experience now open in Atlanta. Get your tickets at StrangerThings-Experience.com and be the hero of your own adventure. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Nerds, do you copy? We need your help. It's your turn to save Hawkins. Unlock your power as you journey through the halls of Hawkins Lab into the Upside Down. Team up with Eleven, Dustin, Mike, Lucas, Max, and Will to save your city before it's too late. Once you make it out, grab a bite at Scoops Ahoy or Surfer Boy Pizza, play in the Palace Arcade, and snag exclusive merch. Stranger Things, the experience now open in Atlanta. Get your tickets at StrangerThings-Experience.com and be the hero of your own adventure.